0: Well, thank you guys. We should I I it's a joy to it's a joy to be able to be here and to be able to 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 work together for the Lord, really. We should have Congregation Appreciation Month next month, okay? So uh, I, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. It's great to see I, I love that last song we we're singing about, you know, that, that line, that last line, you know, our God is bigger, better, stronger than than that mountain that we're facing in our life. Whatever, whatever that impossible situation that you think you're facing, it is not impossible for God. Amen. And isn't I mean we need to hear that so much right now, right? I need to hear that every day, in the in the challenges that we face in our world today, and um, and I think sometimes I make the mountains bigger than they actually are, you know, you know it's easy to think that these are these are mountains that we're facing when to God they're just little. It's like we're it's it's not it's not the Rocky Mountains. It's like you know we're on the East Coast. They're hills. To God <laughs> you know? and um, and God's good. we have to have, be reminded of how big he is and that from his perspective this is that he's he knows exactly where things are going. He knows exactly what he's doing in our hearts. He knows exactly where we're headed as a church. God is good, right? Amen. Let's pray as we come to his word today. To God, I just thank you so much for you being so big and you being you being in uh, you being great and doing good in the midst of all things God that you that you are working right now and it, there's people online gathering by a miracle of technology and you're working right there with them and you're working here with us and we're 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 saying god we want to serve you jesus and we want to we want to be a generation lord that that lifts you up and is a light to the world lord god and i pray today you would just restore a sense of of the power we have in our, in you jesus a, a sense There's so much power and promise in what you are doing, Jesus. Why would we not want to join you in what you're doing, God? So I pray you would stir our hearts to say, Jesus, I want to be on your team. I want to get in the, uh, thank you, Jesus, that I get to be in the the business of helping people know the love of God and, and my family knowing the love of God and me knowing the love of God and that I get to be a light. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that we would be restored in that sense of hope and calling today, Lord. In Jesus name, Amen. amen. Well, the, I, was, uh, at, I was actually i was actually just a few days ago. I was at Dave and Buster's. I don't normally go to a place like Dave and Buster's where there was a birthday party. Not that not only don't have fun, but we were there, and the and uh, one of the things we noted one of the things one of the people we were with noticed was the service was a little bit below par. And, which is probably normal for today, you know, like because of the labor shortage and all that kind of things like that. It didn't really, I didn't, honestly, I didn't think that much about it, but it got me thinking about, you know, I was a little nervous someone was going to complain to the manager and I was, and I just don't like that kind of confrontation. And, 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 uh, and um, But it got me thinking about what it would be like to try to manage a place like Dave and Buster's, this giant place in the middle of a labor shortage. In the middle of like a time when almost everybody's grumpy right and and they have a lot of grumpy employees probably it's hard to find employees and then you're trying to be this place which is supposed to be like disneyland for adults that are drinking and um because they literally everybody like, multiple time like people are drinking while they play video games I and mean, this is a different kind of place <laughs> and it's like vegas for adults right <laughs> so or something like that in in a uh, clackamas and so it got me but it got me thinking about like what would it would what would it be like to be the manager and try to like every day you got to go there and you got to try to motivate your these employees to be positive right because you want to create this positive experience and and the challenge you'd face like we would face in life is you can't will people to change right you can't make them want to like their jobs if they don't like their job you know you can't it's it's a hard to create an environment no matter how good of a leader you are where that place is what you want it to be where the manager probably comes in every day and they're thinking i w- i have the standard of what i would like it to be but it's hard to get it to, m- to meet that standard right now and and it got me thinking like god, god in our passage today it's going to talk to uh, like us saying the church is meant to be a light to the world in fact god has said since the beginning that he wants his people to be a light that shines his glory to the world around us and and God is that patient manager, right? He's that one who's saying, I, we ha- I, ha- I have this vision for how we can be, be a light to the world and we can bring the love of God and we can bring light to people's life. But here's the thing, it's different than being the manager of Dave and Buster's because God's not just there as the manager who's like hammering on you what to do or just the one inspiring you with this great vision, but God actually has the power to shine his light into us right he has the, the power to transform us into lights and that's what we're going to talk about today how can we as a church how can we let god shine his light into us so that it's so that we can actually shine to the world i think every one of us wants the church of jesus christ to shine jesus christ right we want, and we have that heart if you're listening online you 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 want the love of god to be poured into out into the world we all want that we're also recognizing right now, people are, are a little bit complaining, like, wow, the, I'm not sure if the light's shining the way we want it to shine. Or I, I, there's a lot of, like, sometimes grumbling, is the church the way that it was meant to be? And, it, and sometimes there's some truth in that, but, but we have to say, God, we need your light to shine in us so that we become the light that you intended us to be. So we're going to look at what Paul says about how we might become that light today from Philippians chapter 2. Let me read, read, it, read about it. It says in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, um, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, that in the day of Christ I may be poured out that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be, should be glad and rejoice with me. Okay, so three things. Paul's calling this church here clearly. He's call, This is kind of almost wrapping up the sections we've been at for the last couple of weeks. And, I'm, and, I'll, and I'll summarize that in a second here. But he's calling them. He's saying, look, I'm not with you. Like Paul is like their dad a little bit. Like he's like their spiritual father. All of, You know, the, the whole church was birthed because of, of the gospel being preached through Paul, Right? And so he's talking a little bit like a dad to them, and he's saying, look, I don't know if I'm going to come back. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it back. He's been saying, like we've talked about the last few weeks, I'm not sure if I'm going to die or live or die. But he's saying, whether I live or die, guess what? You guys get to be dads yourself and moms. Like, you guys get to grow up. It's time to no longer be teenagers. It's time to no longer be little kids. It's time for you to grow up into the maturity that God has called you into, and He and he, he calls that maturity three things. He says that maturity looks like, like working out. That maturity looks like shining, and that maturity looks like rejoicing. So first, let's look at the first, the first command. He says, the first one is is working out. It looks like He says, therefore, as my beloved children, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure one of my one of the key verses in the Bible he's talking about he's, he's saying look it is time God has worked something into your life is what he says how he he's saying like you are children of God you have been obedient you have been saved God has worked salvation and the gospel, the good news about Jesus, he's worked that into your life, but there's also some work for you to do with God to work that out in the world. And he's basically, it's, I, I think of this as the image of building. God He's saying, I have given you everything you need to build something beautiful in the world, to build something beautiful that looks like Jesus Christ in the world, that looks like the justice and the world that Jesus wants to build for the for the world around us. So it's time for you to pick up the hammer, right? It's time for you to k- pick up not a hammer. He's giving you the whatever, the the hammer that shoots the nails out, whatever, the you know, the nailer. <laughs> the 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 nomadic nailing gun. Like that is what he has he given you the skill saw, right? Like he has given you the blueprints. He has given you the power. He has given you the electricity. He's giving you it all. He's like, so pick it up and build something beautiful, right? He's so saying, work it out. he starts that off, he says, therefore, my beloved. Now, by the way, this is just great Bible study tips. Whenever you see a therefore, you should always ask, what is it there for? Like, (laughs) like, what are we saying when he says, because he's saying based on something that I've already told you about, which is what Tim preached on last week, if you were here, awesome sermon. Based on what Jesus Christ has done for us, based on what, based on what who Jesus is and and, and what God is doing through Jesus Christ, he's saying, therefore, work out your salvation. Therefore, keep on obeying the way you have been obeying, Paul says. So let's read back what that therefore was there for. In, a, <laughs> in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he said he was, t- he t- he was calling the church, as, as Tim talked about last week, he's calling the church, and he's, we're still in the same kind of vein of, of thinking, to be humble, to be serving one another to be loving one another to be to be saying how can we help each other grow how can we be positive how can i be encouraging how can i help someone grow up around me how can i reflect christ to, to my neighbor to the people in my church how can i look like jesus to my church around me and to my neighborhood he says does have this mind among yourself which is yours in christ jesus he's saying like he's saying look this is who jesus is so we can grow up to be like him too. And now he describes, he's going to give, quote, this hymn that that Tim probably mentioned that last week, that, that he did mention last week, that this hymn that was this famous hymn of his day, says, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. So as Tim so eloquently talked last week, Jesus had every reason to to grasp for for glory, to grasp for I can do whatever the heck I want. I can I can be I could come in the, I could come on to earth in any form I want. I could come force my way and show everybody how awesome I am. But instead, Jesus, what does he do? He doesn't grasp to disobey God. He grasps. He says what? But, but instead, he empties himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself before God and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus, he's not one. He's one who's saying, look, I'm going to be obedient to my Father in heaven. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to serve my Father in heaven. I'm going to serve the greater good of what God is doing in the world to bring salvation to the whole world. And so he becomes a servant. He becomes obedient. He humbles himself, right? And then what does God do? It says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on Jesus the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then when Paul says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What he's saying, the therefore is saying, look, Jesus obeyed. Jesus humbled Himself. Jesus served the Father, and look what happened. Like yes, He died on a cross, and that wasn't that wasn't great for Him. But look what that did. Look what that accomplished for the world. And then look that fact. Even though He died a death on the cross, what did God do? God rose Jesus Christ from the dead and exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so he you know he's saying look that terrible thing that he went through that hard thing that he had to go through that challenge he had to go through to bring to bring love to the world to bring salvation to the world to provide salvation for all of us look that hard thing produced not just this great this great result of salvation but he was actually exalted and he was vindicated and he was shown to not just be some kind of wretched servant who died on a cross on a criminal on a cross he was shown to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and so he's saying therefore look we have to obey the Lord in our generation in our world around us in the darkness around us it's not always easy he's saying some humbling yourself is not easy humble you know saying I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna look at the people around me and the challenges that they face for me the ways in which I don't necessarily always, I don't wake up in the morning generally thinking, how can I serve someone else? How can I put, as Paul said, someone else's interest above my own interest? That is not easy. Most of us have a challenge of doing that with our spouse, right? Let alone the, the somebody we find annoying, right? So so even our, ki- we have trouble sometimes putting our kids' interest above our own interest. And we, and our kids are, all, uh, we, we, are we love them to death. So it's not always easy to put someone else's interests above your own interests. It requires a kind of servant-hearted death in your life to say, I am going to be a loving and generous. God, help me, you know, help me to be this person. And he's saying, but look, therefore is saying, look, you might have to be humble. You might take some death in your life, but you will be lifted up by God. You will be exalted. It, it will be worth it, he's saying. Like the Paul is saying, Look, I might die a torturous death, right? Just tomorrow. I don't know. By the time you get this letter, I might already be gone. But he's saying, It's worth it because I know I will be vindicated. I know I will be lifted up. I'm serving the Lord. It's it's it is worth it to serve Jesus no matter what pain I go through to serve him, but to humble myself, say, God, how can I how can I humble myself and serve you? God, it is worth it because in the end we will be exalted. So he's saying. Based on the fact that you know that no matter what happens, no matter how hard it is to serve Jesus, based on the fact that you know for sure you will be exalted, that you will be lifted up, that you will be, that you will be that that the work that you've done in Jesus Christ will be glorified. He's saying, therefore, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Therefore, let's put our hand to the power tools. Let's put our hand. Let's start serving Jesus. Saying, Jesus, what is it that we are going to build together today? Jesus, what is our how can I serve my church? How can I love my church? How can I love my neighbors? How can I love my coworkers? Jesus, what is the? How can I work out the salvation that you've put in my heart? And I want to be clear: what does it mean to work out our salvation? It's an odd phrase because that sounds a little bit like you have to earn. If if you're this is actually sometimes quoted improperly to try to to try to make Christians like think, oh, you have to earn your salvation, and that's not the case. He's saying. He's, it's not saying work for your salvation. It's saying work out the salvation Jesus Christ has already provided for you, right? So Jesus, he's all, this is really, the word salvation in the Bible, we've talked about this a couple times in last in this series, is used in different kinds of tenses. Sometimes it's like God has saved you, Sometimes it's saying God is saving you, like he's making you more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. And sometimes it's used to say God will save you. We will be glorified and we will get a body like Jesus Christ and be in the new heavens and the new earth. And when he's saying here work out your salvation, he's talking about that present tense, that sanctification, that God is work he wants us. There's a work that we need to do, every one of us. We have to apply our effort and our will to saying I'm going to become like Jesus Christ. There's an effort. Sometimes we have these bad phrases in the church. There's one that I don't like very much, and it says, let go and let God. Like, you know, it's like this idea where I'm just, or people sometimes will say, Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But what are you doing? Because waiting on the Lord doesn't mean just sit around and like wait for COVID to end or something like that. Like I'm waiting for the pandemic to end. Like that's that's not how that's not how God works. Like God is it's it's we don't we we might need to let go of some things in our life, but we're gonna have to. Go pick up some other things like there's always a put when we put off our sin nature he doesn't say just put it off he says put on the nature of jesus christ right so there's so when he says work it out he's saying it's time for you to actually start living with the with the resources that i've given you i illustrated that in the i think of it like power tools like i said in the, in the introduction like think about it. our salvation is like god has given you everything you need to build something beautiful so think of it like like you're a contractor, and God has given you literally everything you need to build a great, awesome, like, parade of homes kind of home, right? He has just provided it all for you. He's given you His grace. He's given you His love. He's given you His spirit, right? He's given you forgiveness, right? He's given you a new life. He's given you a new nature. So He's saying, like, look, I've laid it all out. There's the nailers, and there's the and there's the saws, and there's here's all the wood, right? Like the, it's all here. But, you know the roofers coming on on Saturday, so get some stuff going, right? Like it's all coming. I've already paid for it all. It's great. Like, and you might think, well, I don't know what to do. Well, it's like, well, okay. Here's the plan. Here's the plans. Okay. Like I've given. I'm giving you also. I'm giving you my word. I'm giving you the blueprints. So if you're like clueless, like saying like, okay, well, we have the blueprints in God's word of what we're supposed to be doing. And you, you might be thinking, well, I'm not really sure if I. Well, what what about this? What about that? Well, James says if we lack wisdom, what does God? What should we do? We should ask for it. So he's like saying like, well, I'm not really sure how to get started. Well, well, how do you get started? God, I don't know how to get started. Give me some wisdom on how to get started. He will give it to you. He's giving you everything we need. You might think, well, the last thing we really, really need is that you might be thinking, I don't even want to. Like, like, you might be like, I got I got all the, I got everything I need, I show, but I just don't really want to work. Like, you ever had a day like that? You're like, I just don't want to work today. Right? It's raining outside. It's I don't want to get out there and work. It's cold. This is miserable. I want to sleep in. Right? So you might be thinking, oh, I don't really want to. And I've heard that a lot lately. Like the number one problem we have in the church is people don't want to. Well, guess what? God provides that too. What does he say? He says it's, you know, he says, He says, therefore, my beloved, he has always obeyed. So now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So even if you show up, you wake up in the morning, you're like, it's all ready to go. i got all the resources I need to work out my salvation. You're like, and you might be saying, but I don't really want to work. What does he say? He works in you to give you the desire to work it out. Like, it's not just that, like, we have this great vision that we will be exalted, and he's saying, work, he's saying, look, God's already at work in you. Like, you're not, it's not like just pick yourself up by the bootstraps. No, the Spirit of God is in you, willing you to even desire the thing that you're supposed to be desiring, you know? And so, I I don't know how many times in my life I have these moments where I don't, I'm the pastor and I'm a bad pastor. I'm honest. And I'm like, I don't want to do it, God. I'm having a bad day. I don't want to do it. There's been many times through the pandemic because things are a little bit weird where I've said, God, I don't, I'm tired of trying to like figure out what to do. Right? I'm a little tired today and I'm stressed out and I'm feeling anxious. And in those moments, what, what is God calling me to do? Ask for help. God, I don't want to do it today. I need your help and what does god do every single time i ask him he gives me the will and the desire to serve him this is where we're at as a church this is where god has us it's time to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because god is at work in us to give us the very desire and will to work to give us the wisdom to know what to do we have everything laid out for us it is time for us to build something beautiful in the name of Jesus Christ for our community, for our church, for our families, for our neighborhoods, for our workplace. Say, God, I am going to be the one who works out serving you in this generation, in this place. Amen? So the first thing he says is to work out. Work. work, Get to work. Growing to be like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus does. The second thing God says is shine. I mean, Paul says, shine. He's saying, God has put light in you, so let it out and shine it to the world. Let the Receive the light of God. Receive his glory and let that glory shine out into the world. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. I love that image that he says, he's saying, shine light in the midst of a, he says, a crooked and twisted generation. Now, he's basically this idea of shining light in in the midst of darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you're in utter darkness and then you see, and then there's light. And how beautiful that light is in the midst of utter darkness. Like, let's say you're, one of the things that's beautiful about going camping sometimes is you get out to some place where it's so much darker than the city. And then what, what happens? You notice that the moon and the stars actually light up the world more than you thought they did. I mean, and it's beautiful, right, to see that light shining in darkness because no one wants to walk in darkness. I'm in the midst of uh, I, I, I do a little bit of hunting I'm not very good at it I never I never get anything so so uh, but I but I've one of the things when you hunt and you're when you're motivated to be a good hunter you have to be out there before you got to be out there like at dark and wait for the light to come up because that's when the animals are moving and you got to be there at at dark when they the animals are moving at the end of day so so if you're gonna get someplace like sometimes I'm trying to get someplace like three miles, hope some animals come out they never do for me but you know i try (laughs) so i find some spot on the map like three miles away and i gotta be there like 30 minutes before sunrise okay so i'm walking in the pitch black dark right pitch black dark and sometimes that's a little freaky that took me a little while to get used to because you're sometimes i'm by myself i've been many times coming back in the middle of nowhere by myself in the pitch black dark and it's it takes some use to getting in the pitch black dark in the middle of nowhere right like we, we it just reminds you that you're not we're not made to walk in darkness like i don't like this i want nothing to do with this right and then when that light comes it isn't i mean that's actually my favorite part of hunting since i never get any animals the only thing i get to enjoy is some great sunrises <laughs> and some great stars at nighttime, and it and those sunrises are amazing and maybe all the more amazing because I've spent an hour being a little bit afraid out of my life that I might you know there's something's gonna jump out of the dark and kill me so so I'm like thank you the Sun rose and I'm still alive and there's still no animals <laughs> but uh but it God's telling us like the, the world was meant to be lights but because of the if you look at the story of God We were meant to live in the glory of God. We were meant to be living perfectly in his glory, his light shining all of the time into our life. Life was meant to be beautiful and perfect at a level that we can't even possibly grasp in this world. Why? Because we sinned and we rebelled and the world fell into darkness, right? when he says a crooked and twisted generation he's not trying to hate on anyone he's just saying we've all rebelled from god and we've we're not living in his design for life we're we're meant to be connected to him and we lose our connection with him we lose our way right and we don't know how to live life the way god intended it and the world hurts us the world's dark it makes the problem even worse everything there's all these things working against us because it's dark and when you walk around in the dark you stumble and you fall And you hurt yourself and you hurt other people. And he's saying, But my people were always meant to be a light. Like I was always the plan since the beginning was what I'm gonna make man in my image and likeness, and I'm gonna live in relationship with them so that what they might be fruitful and multiply what my image to the whole world, that the glory of God might spread over the whole world, that people might know what God's love and grace. And mercy and kindness and gentleness. He might know what those things are like in the world. It's meant to be shined through his people, through his church, as God's plan since the beginning. And this language here, when he says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, this actually all goes back to the Exodus story. The, all that language is the language of god calling israel to be his children god calling israel to be a light to the world right that god is playing cuz he's saying saying like look adam and eve sinned and we think of the story we fast forward and now god calls abraham right and he's calling abraham to be a light to the world and then god and then the nation of israel is formed and they're brought out of slavery in egypt and he's saying look i'm going to call you into a, this promised land and the idea is this the promised land, you serving me, it would be like a little Eden in the world that people could, a little Garden of Eden being recreated, the temple actually was all a picture of the Garden of Eden, that people might see the glory of God again, that you could shine. But how did Israel do with that? Not so good. In fact, this language, it says, do all things without grumbling and disputing. You know what the number one thing Israel did in the Exodus? It wasn't shining light. It was grumbling and disputing with God, right? Right? <laughs> And so there's this verse actually in that, that that Paul is kind of alluding to um from Deuteronomy, which is almost like a curse that, that God God declares this is the way Israel has been, this is how it's gone for the for the generation that had to wander in, in the desert because they they, dis, they disobeyed God. He says, he says to them, He says, They have dealt corruptly with, with him, with God, and they are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. Now notice how Paul turned that. He says to them, he says, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation and shine like stars, right? Shine your lights. It's the like what Paul is saying is that now, because of what Jesus Christ has done, because now the Spirit of God has been poured out and we have the Spirit within us, he's saying, look, I'm reversing the curse that was on Israel. They could not... They could not be what God had called them to be. They they failed to be the light the light they were meant to be of the world. He's saying, "But you are my you are been obedient. Keep being obedient. You are gonna you are gonna be this this blameless and innocent children of God that will shine like lights to the world around you." He's saying he's reversing the curse that of that generation that refused to enter the promised land. And he's saying, "Look, you guys." can shine you will shine I I believe that you will shine he's saying I believe the best for you because you have the Spirit of God in you you will shine the light of God into the world so the question is how do we shine what does it look like to shine that light he says do all things without grumbling or disputing do all like it's interesting that if we think if we were to ask somebody what does it look like to shine the light of the glory of God we we might say a lot of things but I think most people wouldn't go first to how we treat one another we'd go we'd say like you know you know do good works or you know we might just say generalities like be like Jesus but no what does he say how do we how does, what's the primary way that we shine our light to the world it's the way it's how we treat one another it's the generosity that we treat one another with it's, this, it's serving one another. It's going back to what, what Philippians chapter 2, verse 1-4 through four said. It says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's such a powerful verse, thinking, like, how can I be one who counts others more significant than myself? Such, that is such a powerful verse, just to say every day I'm going to wake up this week and say, God, how can I start treating others as more significant than myself? How can I start thinking what, what would be an encouragement to someone else's life? He's saying that's how we shine the light of Jesus Christ, is how we treat people how we treat one, and he's especially saying in the church that, that when people are a part of the church, and not just like a Sunday morning gathering, but when they're around us, and the way we talk about one another, and the way we treat one another, it should be like this foretaste of the, of heaven. It should be this light shining like there's this people that exist who are faithful to one another in the midst of all the challenges of life. There's this people, that, I met these people and they're, they're kind and they're gentle, and look the way they're getting along, and look at the way multiple generations and multiple races and multiple political preferences or whatever, you know, all of our diversity, look at the way they serve each other. Look at the way, like, the world around us is grumbling and disputing a lot right now. I mean, this is very, it's a very timely verse. Isn't there? There's a lot of grumbling and disputing in the world right now. And, and he says, Look, we don't have to be like that. I know it, it might sound like a lot of pressure when he says that he wants us to be children that, that are that are that are like blameless. And it might be like, well, I'm not, he might right now feel like, well, who of us have been blameless in the last year of not grumbling and disputing? I know I haven't. It's certainly not in my heart. He's but he's saying that we have the power because of the salvation that Jesus Christ is working in us to be a people who will know. Who say, I am not going to be one who grumbles and disputes with one another. And now I, I do want to be careful to say that doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean that we can't say that sin is sin. That doesn't mean we can't fight for justice. That doesn't mean we can't share our opinion about something, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty because they, you know, they 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 tried to expose a sin on Facebook or something like that in the church, or they they said the church needs to grow at this or this. Those things might be very, very true. And I, and I think for the most part, I think people have done well to try to say, how can I tactfully say, hey, the church in America needs to grow up? There's some things we need to get better at, right? We need to, well, There needs to be racial reconciliation, right? Like there's there's a problem that we have in America. There's a problem with American consumerism getting into the church. There's, there's problems with the way politics have got into the church and nationalism have gotten into the church and these different, and people are trying to expose that, right? That's that not that's not all bad okay I don't want to so I don't want to make anybody feel guilty because you try to fight for righteousness or justice but we do also have to be honest with our what's going on in our hearts because there's a way to do that without grumbling about it without becoming grumbling towards people and disputing with people right there's a heart change that has to happen saying God and I have to ask God to change my heart saying okay God I've, maybe I feel, I feel a strong conviction about this area of my life, that I, th- this thing that needs to be exposed for sin. Or I need to talk to someone. Maybe, I, maybe you do need to talk to someone you have a problem with. But we have to, we're not ready to speak that word until our heart doesn't grumble and dispute with someone. Until I'm not grumbling about the person where I am able to be able to say, I'm going to speak the truth in love. Until I get to the place, I have to say, God, help my heart not become grumbling towards one another. God, change me. Change my heart. And God wants to help us as a church in these areas if we, that, that we can say, God, we're going to be a church right now that's going to work through some of the things that maybe maybe there are disputes. Maybe there are things that have made us grumbling in our hearts. We have to say, God, help me to be one who can bring healing and love, and I can serve one another, and I can be gracious to one another. God, how I can bring healing. I can bring reconciliation. Give me a heart of reconciliation and love, not a heart that's grumbling and disputing. And that is, when we pray those prayers, God does change our heart. And he says, God, I'm going to help. He helps us put down our grumble, grumbling and disputing heart so that we might shine the light of grace and humility and love and serve one another. Amen? So the last thing, so he says, work out, your, work out your salvation. He says, shine the light of the glory of God. And then finally, he says, rejoice. Rejoice that we get to pour out our lives next to Jesus Christ, that we get to pour out our lives for Jesus. He says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Now this image is incredibly power, powerful. So Paul is saying, look, he's he's referring to the fact that he might die, and he's saying, but if I die, it's okay because it will be a sacrifice to the Lord for your benefit. He's been saying that the whole the whole letter. It's like whatever happens to me, I, God's I'm I'm going to keep serving Jesus. I know the gospel is being advanced. I'm rejoicing in that. I know you're going to, and I know you're going to keep growing. And I know this church here in Rome is going to keep growing. I know God's God's working. He says so if. He's saying, so I'm rejoicing that no matter what happens, I get to be a drink offering to Jesus. He's saying, and then he says, You rejoice like that too. Rejoice and be glad that you get to be a drink offering. Now, the drink offering, this is a very interesting image. So the drink offering in the Old Testament, what happened was at the end of the burnt offering, so that the people would bring an offering for sin, and they would bring their their, maybe they bring their lamb to the to the or their or their bowl or whatever their, whatever offering they're bringing and they and they and they bring it to the priests and they they slaughter it and they burn it before the Lord for, as an offering to their sins and then at the end of the offering they would they would give a drink offering at the end of the burn offering after it's completed they would pour they would pour fine wine over the offering or next to the offering and he, Paul is saying I'm rejoicing that I get to be that drink offering. think of that. this image. To me, I think the image is that Jesus, Jesus is the burnt offering. Jesus has already died for us. Jesus has already provided our salvation, right? It is completed. Jesus is working. He is going to accomplish his his will and his purposes in the world. It's already completed. The work of Jesus Christ is already done in a sense, right? He's saying, think of how, but he's saying rejoice that guess what? We get to be a part of the offering. We get to be a part of the ministry. I get to be the drink offering. I'm not the burnt offering, but I get to be the drink offering that's poured out next to Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that He's that He's provided for the world. I get to participate in the offering before the Father, for the good of the world around me, to bring the gospel, that people might find salvation. I get to pour out my life for Jesus. I mean, Think about how one, think about how amazing that is when you realize what Jesus has done for you. When you realize, when you think about the fact that Jesus He He died for you, He provided salvation. He has poured out His Spirit into our life. He has provided there is a way for salvation for all people because of the, the great love of God. And Paul is saying, but it's not, but we get to work with Jesus. We get to build something awesome with Jesus. We get to pour out our life. And he's saying, if I happen to have to pour out my life and sacrifice it, it is, it is worth it. Because why? I know that I'm being poured out next to Jesus. We're all going to pour out our life for something. You will give your life as an offering, all of it will be poured out to the last drop for something. It will be poured out somewhere. Paul is saying, rejoice and be glad. We get to pour it out for Jesus. We get to pour it out for the glory of God. We get to pour it out for the pleasure of God. We get to pour it out for the right things. We get to pour it out for love. We get to pour it out for the love of God. We get to pour out, I get to pour out my life saying, I am going to serve my family. I'm going to work out salvation in my life to be the kind of father and husband that God has called to me and I get to pour out it's a pleasure to say God I get to serve them it's an I get to do I get to be a father and a and a husband that that pleases God. I want to pour out that to the last drop for Jesus. I get to pour out my life with my labor, with my work, with my vocation. If you're going to pour out your vocation. You're going to work you're going to be tired at the end of the day. Are we going to be tired to the glory of God? We're gonna be tired for a paycheck right we get we, we our world around us we, we can we can pour out our life our, our weekends whatever it might be I can pour out my life to my comfort and to my own pleasure or I could pour out my life for something bigger but I will pour it out and I'm I'm rejoicing praise the Paul is saying rejoice with me we get to pour it out with Jesus amen amen let's do that right now worship team you guys can come up let's take some time just reflecting, how is it that God's calling you to this today, to work out your salvation, to get to work, to pick up the power tools that God has given you, to pick up the blueprints that God has given you His Word, to say, oh, today I don't really feel like it, but God, help me feel like it today. I don't know where you're at, but it's, God wants to build something beautiful here. He wants to build something beautiful in your life. And Where, where is it that God's calling you to work it out? And think about how he's saying one of the primary ways we work it out is by the way we work in relationship with one another is there a relationship in your life right now that needs to be worked out for God's glory God is the Spirit of God prompting you Saying, I need to go to this person and, and I need to end the grumbling and disputing or, or maybe it's just saying God there's I don't know there's grumbling and disputing in my heart heal me help my heart to rejoice help my heart to be glad in salvation Help my heart to be generous. Help my heart to want reconciliation with with my brothers and sisters in Christ. God is working in your life right now, and I pray that this would be a chance for you, every one of us, to say, God, do your work in my heart. Listen to the Spirit of God. What is the Spirit telling you that you need to work out in your life right now? Amen. Dear God, I just thank you for your word. I pray you'd help us, each one of us, God, to hear your Spirit. We know you're here. I pray you'd help us to hear your Spirit for how it is that you want us to to work out the salvation you provided for us lord god how do you how do you want how are you calling us to shine your light jesus how where where do we need to rejoice in the in the sacrifice that you've given us to make for your glory lord god in jesus name amen